everyone, this is JJ Outlaw. Hi, this is T Outlaw. And you are listening to yet another new episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. Um, you can always catch me, JJ Outlaw, online at the Twitters at JJ Outlaw and always on Instagram at Gourmet Goober. As always, I host the show with my BFF, my better half, that dude. I, I can't think of any of the nicknames that now. <laughs> That's okay. I will take out all the rest of my own. <laughs> you keep changing them. That's okay. I'll make them. I'll make up some more just in case. <laughs> well, since the goober will not completely announce me, then I will He's say that outlaw. I'm, I was about to say that you jumped in, and I was waiting for some more nicknames. <laughs> I'll introduce myself as T Outlaw. A.K.A. Big Daddy. See, one, see, up in there for me. Thank you. I am T. Outlaw, and you can find me online at T-O-U-T-L-A-W on Twitter and on Instagram, the IG for the kids, at T. Outlaw, Josie Wells, like in a movie that the kids have not seen. <laughs> you can always catch us at thegourmetgoober.com. Um, as always, um, people ask are you on the Facebook? Yes, we are. I don't like to advertise that because I really hate Facebook. But if you're so inclined and you want to check us out while you're, you know, getting back in touch with your mom and them, you can hit us up at the Gourmet Goober blog um, because we started off as a blog on Facebook. So that's where you can check us out. Um, or you cannot. Or you cannot. <laughs> we prefer you look for the actual podcast blog as opposed to, you know, either one of us because, you know. We didn't give our government name. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that to happen. <laughs> That's for a reason. So, um, first of all, before we go any further, I want to make sure that we take an opportunity to say thank you to our listeners because we know um, as an indie podcast, having consistent content is something that's extremely important. But when you have a production company of all of two people... <laughs> In addition to a day job, a house full of pets <laughs> that you're recording said podcast from. Um, in the middle of a pandemic. In the middle of a pandemic, exactly. Sometimes there's going to be extenuating circumstances where, um, despite our best efforts, we're not able to um, produce a new show as we intended. And so we let people know online that um, we had to pull away because of another unexpected thing that came up and you know as life happens shit let's just tell the truth we're old you're old you're older than me Bob, you must but nonetheless everyone <laughs> but else this wasn't like, a year old emergency was it hell i'll say it is and even if it isn't sometimes you just gotta say hey i'm grown i'm old i took a week off well, it, it wasn't that to be all, all jokes aside. It wasn't that. Um, we're not going to go into details, but. The dog ate my homework. Oh, and Mary used that one. Never mind. So, um, yeah. It wasn't a polar bear to eat her podcast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Use that one up, too. But we were dealing with something that was, you know, real and, you know, life. Um that we had to take care of involving, you know, our well-being. And we just wanted to say thank you for your patience. 
and we're excited to be back and produce new content. Um, we are working on expanding our podcast content. So coming soon, we'll hopefully have something really cool to share with you guys. <laughs> we're finalizing that behind the scenes, but yeah, thank you so much for, you know, just your support these last couple of weeks. We truly appreciate that. And we really, 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 really appreciate your continued support going forward. Uh, yeah, of course we do. <laughs> no, I'm just saying. I'm sorry, I'm a little thrown by the way you said that. No, I'm just saying. Continue. Tell your friends. Continue to support the podcast, and let's grow in 21. Well, yeah, yeah. Let's let's definitely do that. It's, is this like the part of the segment where we can tell them how to support us or? We can, but I didn't read that in my liner notes. <laughs> well, you know about that. There's multiple ways you can support us. So you can put money in my hands. You can, you know, go where the money resides. <laughs> yes. Technically they can go where the money resides, but you know what? The easiest way you can support the gourmet goober is just tell a friend like Big Daddy said. So you know, as we're growing our content and the different ways that we can engage with you, we have something really exciting um, that's on the back burner that we're working on. So we'll be rolling that out in a couple of weeks, a partnership with someone major. Um, but positive anyway. feedback also. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm just getting to that, dude. I'm helping you out. <laughs> okay. Number up. one way you can tell us is tell a friend, obviously. Secondly, as Big Daddy said, yeah, we love those five-star reviews. So if you go to a place like, for example, um, you go to Stitcher or more importantly, Apple Podcasts. If you just drop that five-star review, we've been lucky that we've had some really great ones. Um, we will, one, reach your five-star review on the show. So make it nice. Don't give us a five-star review just to get me to say a boner joke. That would be kind of rude. But but the thing is that, you know, that's another great way to help us grow. Um, as Big Daddy said, if you want to put five on it, you certainly can. And there's a couple different ways you can do that. One, you can go to gooberswag.com. That's gooberswag.com and hook you up with some goober gear. So, for example, tonight I'm wearing my Are You Gumble Worthy t-shirt. <laughs> but we also have bugs. We have Aprons. Aprons. We have t-shirts. We have hoodies. So, yeah, as we're all just kind of chilling at home and staying safe and staying out of harm's way with the pandemic, if you want to snuggle up in that goober gear, you can get that done. So that would be a great way to support the show. Um, another great way to support the show is that um, you can donate directly to the show. So if you go to thegourmetgoober.com, um, there's actually a little tab that you can click and it gives you an opportunity to support us. So any of those ways would totally work. There's some ways you can do it with cash, without cash. You know, you can mix it up. You can just do one. <laughs> but I guarantee you all of these are great ways to help us grow Gooberland and hopefully get more people involved. So thank you in advance. <laughs> cool. So now that we've got the business out the way, and you know what? We should probably do that every podcast to kind of remind people that, yo, we're an independent podcast. And yes, we are distributed by Plum Good Media. And you see that wonderful Plum Good logo that's now on everything that we have on social media. 
And yes, that is the dog snoring. I'm trying to ignore it. Oh my God. Okay, continue. <laughs> he sounds like he has a full ass job. <laughs> I, 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 I was trying to move past it. <laughs> the joys of recording your podcast at home during the pandemic. Yes. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> what was I saying? I'm sorry. That just I got off. lost. I'm sorry. I did continue. Too. Oh my god, that I did too. Anyways, we're moving on beyond. You want to talk about how our week was? Yeah, let's talk about our week. <laughs> let's yeah, let's go with how was our week? How was yours? Well, I thought we we're gonna start with you first because okay. you had a personal thing that you wanted to share on the show. A little thing about Girl Scout cookies. Oh, we're going to, oh, now I get to flamethrower the Girl Scouts of No, America. no, no, okay, all right, stop, stop. We are not flamethrowing little girls selling cookies. We are not doing that at all. Okay. Get that image out of your mind, America, and whoever else is listening. Big Daddy has an issue with a distribution option that is open to other people, but apparently not to us. Okay, because we live in... The hood. We live in the hood or at least you know a certain section of a certain area of a certain state that we that DoorDash doesn't always deliver to us and or other delivery properties uh we found out that there was the opportunity this was like on a random Saturday that the is it was it DoorDash or was it another company it was on DoorDash okay that the nice people at DoorDash deliver th- you know things, of course, like you know food and options. Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> One of them just happened to be Girl Scout cookies. And I made the mistake of telling you that on that random Saturday. Yes, you did. And Big Daddy lost his ever loving mind, and it became like this whole like day of strategizing how we can get Girl Scout cookies to deliver to us. Because even though the big news and is that they deliver in our area. Unfortunately, they only deliver to certain areas. And then... So basically, they don't deliver to our area. No. Emphasis, our area. <laughs> As so we the, soon learned, and it was really kind of sad. Yeah, so basically, the the goober gaslit me here and said, yes, we have... I didn't gaslit you. You said, oh, there are Girl Scout cookies that deliver. Okay, so let's get some Girl Scout cookies delivered. No, no, no. And then, okay, let's 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 get this right. Okay. Because what happened was, I was on the DoorDash because I'm like, dude, I'm really tired and exhausted. I don't feel like cooking. Let's see what I can order for lunch. And then I found myself on the Girl Style Cookie page, and it's, it was pre-ordering because they only deliver between I think four and like eight, uh, and it's only on like Saturday through no no Thursday through Saturday. And I was like, dude, Big Daddy, check this out. Dude, the magic of technology, they will bring the cookies to you. And I was just thinking, in a pandemic, this is perfect. We never, because, you know, we don't have kids. So we have to usually, and we work from home. So it's not like we have any coworkers not hitting us up for Girl Stout cookies at our cubicle. We have to get them somehow. Now all of our, our <laughs> now all of our coworkers are gonna hit us up, you know, saying, "Hey, since you couldn't get some Girl Scout cookies, 
guess what you get to take? Yeah, so it's not it's not as easy to have people pimp Girl Scout cookies to you in the middle of a pandemic. So the fact that they deliver to you, I'm like, hell yes. So then I tried to place the order, and then the page was like, hey, 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 where do you live anyway? I type in the address. Oh, no, we don't deliver to you. <laughs> You're like, oh, no, not you people. <laughs> not y'all. So I'm like, okay, can I do curbside cook- um, cook-up? Yes, yes, and this is the address. Curbside pickup. Okay, nope. so let's order the curbside pickup. Oh, no, not you. <laughs> oh, no, not you people. <laughs> I'm like, damn. We just got swerved by the girl they were like, oh, we got all you people, but like, you know, this little area, mm, no, no, not not your zip code. Oh, no. Not your street. Mm, no, no. It got so it. bad that Big Daddy was actually scheming. He's like, who do I know close by that I could have them pick up the cookies for me? No. Would you like me to tell the truth? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. The truth was, yes. That began a scheme in my mind that the goober would not let me try to execute, which became first, oh, can we deliver to a business, like a random business, like even a gas station? And then I will quietly, like, you know, walk in and pick it up. No. Then became, oh, at one point during this, in the last month or so, we had to stay at a hotel. Maybe we can have it delivered to the hotel front lobby and I'll just randomly show up but not be a a participant at that hotel. I mean, not a guest at that hotel that night. No, we couldn't do that either. So then I started really going deep in my theorem of can we find a person whose zip code, like, you know, a coworker, a former coworker or a friend who may not look like me that may have a zip code that might be advantageous. <sighs> And we'll have it delivered to them. And thus, if what was the scheme? If you buy three boxes of cookies, they give you a fourth one for free. Right. And I'm willing to cut them in. I'm willing to barter. That fourth box of cookies can be given to the resident of that property just so I can get my three. But no, we didn't get we didn't go that that route either. So thus, who didn't get their cookies? I didn't get my cookies. You know what? And I'm still in my feelings. As a matter of fact, I didn't we didn't get any DoorDash today, so I'm really, really, really in my feelings. Wait, we were supposed to get DoorDash today? Uh no, that day that we were you were oh, looking around, we wait. never did get we never did buy anything. Well, no, well part of that was because we had ordered earlier the week and they never delivered at all. And they never gave us an ex- excuse as to what happened with the driver. And, but we're not going to talk about that because they gave us, they credited us back the money, but then they gave extra credit on top of that because they realized we were really angry. So we wound up getting like a couple free meals out of it later on when we ordered. Yeah, but still, to the people of DoorDash, man, y'all had a week with us. <laughs> But, but seriously, yeah. We're suffice to say, I'm saying nothing else. Maybe don't promise. You can, yeah. cookies. 
You can't put you that can't out deliver there. That. That's right. You can't just put that out there because and then be like, snatch when I it. tell y'all that he became a man obsessed. <laughs> he was a man obsessed. I, I actually felt really bad. You should. I was like, willing to go, like, I'm like, like hey, I'm willing to go to the gas station halfway across the county to sit in the parking lot and just wait for them. Like, you know, some little Girl Scouts. Or they're, you know, Girl Scout master leader, whatever, to walk in with a whole box of cookies for me to pick up. But did you know? No, we couldn't get those cookies. So thus, no, no, I'm not happy about that. So no, me and the Girl Scouts have we had disagreements. <laughs> so outside of the Girl Scout cookie incident of 2021, how was your week? <laughs> I'm still working on my mental health. <laughs> it's been a week and I'm still efforting. But also, we all, ladies and gentlemen, got the chance to watch, at least the people who I would like to believe, watch the grand <laughs> interview of Oprah Winfrey. La! Sorry, that's my bad Oprah impersonation. Uh, Oprah Winfrey interviewing the... Duchess of Sussex, the former Duchess, Princess Meghan Markle, and former Prince Harry, and the magnificent interview that literally light lit a flame to the entire royal family, and it was crazy. Now, I personally, I have thoughts, <laughs> and I'm sure the goober does also. So let's just start off with saying that Megan has sit down with Oprah in a multi-layered interview on Sunday night, Monday, for all you people over in Jolly Old England, and Megan had some things to say. And as such, I will not go deeply into those thoughts, but she had a lot to offer about her time with the royal family and the royal family's handlers. And as such, she was not happiness. What eventually occurred is that Megan, with her son in tow, and also with Harry, they ended up going first to Canada and then ended up settling in, as far as I know, uh, California. And like we said, Megan has sit down with Oprah and she talked about her experience. Now, I would like to ask the Goober first, how does she feel about your opinion of the interview? No, I thought the interview, I mean, and we didn't watch it live because the interview took place at the same time that the NBA All-Star Game. And I reluctantly watched the All-Star Game, even though I was in my feelings about that because it was supposed to be in my hometown in Indianapolis. It was not. They pulled it in the last minute. And... Mm -hmm. I'm not going to go deep okay. into that. Um, yep. They pulled it at the last minute because of the pandemic. And then they're like, oh, wait, we are going to have an all-star game after all. And they moved it to a totally different place. Atlanta. And Welcome to Atlanta. <laughs> play is play. I'm, I'm disappointed in that because of what that could have meant for my hometown. Plus, I have family members who have waited since the 90s to see the NBA come back. And, you know, they were in their feelings about that. That really kind of hurt I mean, as someone who's a fan of, you know, Pacer basketball. 
Um, so we didn't watch it. We watched it a recording like several hours later. Um, I, I thought it was really a great interview. There wasn't a lot of shots, at least on my end, because anyone who watched the coverage of how um, Megan is portrayed in the British press would not be surprised by some of the unfortunate races and misogynistic undertones that takes place in a lot of the coverage. Um, I do find it interesting that she was so forthcoming about her mental health and I'm really proud that she did that um, simply because for a lot of people hearing that conversation, it's probably very healing to hear that someone recognized that they needed help and they reached out to their spouse or whoever in a way that letting them know. Um, I, I think Oprah did an incredible job following up um, with the questioning because of course she's Oprah. And just as a side note, yes, Megan Kelly, you don't need to lecture Oprah about how to interview people. She's quite good at that. <laughs> yes. I think she's been doing it for a little while. <laughs> yeah. She's been doing it for way longer than you says. So no worries. I think she knows what she's doing, but I think Oprah did an incredible job. And, you know, they just seemed very happy to be over here. And I'm glad that they're out of that environment. Um, I do really feel bad about Harry because it seems as though he was quite blindsided by some of his family's responses to him bringing Megan into his life. But again, for people who, you know, and I speak of this, and I've not spent time in England, but, you know, as a black woman, as a woman who has spoken her mind on more than one occasion, um, certainly one that is familiar with, you know, that country's history of colonialism and what that really entails as far as going into countries mostly made up of individuals of color and exert their rule on those countries. Um oftentimes with, you know, less than ideal circumstances for the individuals under their, whose their sub becomes their subject, for lack of a better word. Um, to see that they have this type of mindset to where they would worry about archy skin tone color or see her as, you know, being less than, it's not entirely surprising to me. Um, and to be fair, it sounds like Harry grew up in a situation where it just never occurred to him until he was with his current wife. But outside of that, it seems as though he gets it now. And he, he recognizes, and rightly so, his role as far as being her spouse and protecting his children and doing what is necessary in order to keep their family well-being intact. Um, if anything, I'm sad because it, even though I think it was a really incredible interview for those people who are irrationally um, angry and hating Megan, and all you need to do is type Megan Markle hashtag on Google, I'm not Google, on Twitter, to just see the absolutely 
bonkers responses to that woman breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in part that's been affected by the viciousness of the press over there. Um, you just have to wonder because it doesn't seem like it's going to change those individuals' minds. And, you know, we've seen that over here even. It's just the whole idea of, you know, if you hate people of color, if you hate women or what have you, you know, one interview is not going to get you to see Meghan Markle as a human being, sad as that may be. Um, But for people who did watch the interview with an open mind, I think it was very revealing. Okay. That's fair. Well, to the best of my viewing pleasure, I saw Megan sit down and during her interview, she came with a lot of statements and a lot of, of history I have to admit personally that I've always been, there has been always been a little bit of skepticism about the, the life and lifestyle of Meghan Markle, but that's irregardless. I have to look at it from a purely objective point of view. And there's a part of me, like in my journalistic mind that always has to be skeptical and like analytical of how Meghan was giving her responses and what the the couple did not tell us. You know, they did they bring all the receipts? They made some accusations, but there were some that, yeah, I was curious about. But that being said, everything that I was, I don't want to say afraid of, that Megan was basically placing at the feet of the British press literally came straight out the next day. Like literally Britain was like, okay, we're going to show the British press. I'm sorry. Show their entire ass. If there was an ass. They showed it literally, you know, not whole, not half ass. They show the whole ass. The whole ass. Tea and crumpets <laughs> and all. Bangers and mash. Just they put it all together. Like literally, they showed every ounce of it. And they came with every inch of vitriol. And I truly believe in my mind that there's elements to me that wondered at first if Megan, who is older than as far as I know, than uh William's wife, uh Catherine. And was a divorcee, and you would think a woman, of, a woman of the world would kind of know in parts what she was getting into. No, I don't think you would ever. I mean, you expect some of it. Now, I I didn't expect all of this yeah, for an entire country to come at her like with, and then like try to find, as you would say, the American fraction that was like. You know, we just don't like that Meghan Markle chick. And I'm sitting here like, um, so basically the British press, you know, they played the game of, oh, we don't like you. So we're going to find people, you know, from your country that don't like you either and pull them on their television and their newspapers and say, 
this is why you don't like her. My thing is, can you just not like her and not like her? But no, they just, they showed all every inch of themselves and they proved, and for the most part, what Megan was saying. So that's what my view was. Well, one of the things that Oprah did, and you can actually look online because I know that BuzzFeed has covered this. Um, Everybody's covered it. Continue. I think Glamour Magazine has covered it where they did a comparison of spreads mm-hmm. between coverage of Kate Middleton and <laughs> um, Megan. And it's interesting because you can even see in the coverage, some of which were written by the same author and how dramatically different both of them are. Um, so basically the same byline, same person. I mean, it's the same individual who wrote it, okay. but there's two separate articles, one covering Middleton, one covering Markle and how they covered that. Okay. Um, one actually came up in the interview with Oprah and Megan giggled at that kind of, cause she's like, Oh yeah. The avocado where basically there is a story where I guess Prince William was out and about doing his princely shit. And some little kids like, I heard that your wife is sick with the morning sickness. So take this avocado. And William is like, Oh my God, this is so cute. I will take this home to my wife. And they did this whole loving story about how William was gifted an avocado in order to take care of Catherine or Kate Middleton's precious morning sickness. Okay, fine. So apparently, California girl, Meghan Markle, loves the avocado toast. Which, by the way, Meghan, since you're here, apparently you can now get in a Dunkin'. Who knew? Avocado toast. So message. she actually has like this avocado toast recipe that she's well known amongst her friends for. She really loves it. So again, same newspaper wrote an article that took a tone like, did you know that Megan's favorite treat is connected with millennial angst and death of People working in mines to get the avocados. Like, literally, it's the most... If you read the title of that article, you would think that Megan herself is, like, going to where these avocados are harvested with a machete and just, like, slice it up a bitch left and right. Like, Mm -hmm. literally, it's insane. And I'm just like, dude, why did you not go into all that detail with Kate? Um, One of the other things that they had talked about during the interview is how Megan made Kate cry. And it was such a huge thing in the past. And I'm not going to go into a lot of details about it because it did come up in the interview with Oprah. Ironically, what had happened was in reverse. Kate said something that made Megan cry. But you know what? Kate apologized and even brought flowers. So they made up. And Oprah even said, what did she say? And she goes, you know what? I'm not the kind of person who holds on to that. We're good. I'm not even going to revisit that again. I saw that. And I guess I never realized how big of an issue that whole Megan make Kate cry until I saw it in the interview. I was just like, oh, she made him cry. 
big deal. I hope they're fine if that's the case. I don't know why that has to be like a huge thing. But then I didn't, it didn't get me into last night when I was watching that. What was really implied with that? Because, okay, we don't really talk a lot about race on the show, but I, I think we are black. Well, okay. Oh, I'm sorry, African American. No, what I'm trying to say is throughout history, there have been things that have been implied about people of color, particularly black people, with white women weaponizing their tears. Oh, I'm sure I've talked about that in the past. Right. But what I'm trying to say is that is literally what was trans. And that was literally what was inferred. Okay. Was Kate's weaponizing her tears and, oh, isn't she a monster because she made Kate cry. Like it was just the input. It, I mean, it, it took, it takes on that overtone when you realize some of the other things, like when he got engaged to her, the same newspaper was like, Oh, she's straight out of Compton. And they didn't mean it like cool straight out of Compton. No. Like NWA straight out of Compton. No. Yeah. They, they meant that obviously, or some of these newspapers calling her child out of their name and like implying that he's a monkey or something. I mean, yes, that was kind of what they were hinting at with the fact that she made him cry. Cause in the grand scheme of things, if you have a relationship with someone, especially if you're like sister-in-laws or family members, you're going to make them cry sometimes. I mean, that's just life. Why is that like headline news? Until you realize that if you look back through history and what is inferred whenever a person of color makes a white person cry, um, let's not forget not, not to make the natural connection because obviously one doesn't relate to the other. But if you think about the death of Emmett Till, that was largely set up by this woman's crocodile tears. And her, when, yeah, her, her, she did not tell the truth. Right. When you think of what happened recently in New York City, where the Amy man was Cooper. bird, right. And the man was bird watching and she falsely called the police. And you could even hear she laid on the tears immediately because the whole idea is that that womanhood is valued above everything else and is supposed to be protected. And how dare she make her cry? Yes. So when I saw that last night, I admit out of all all the things that were in that interview, that sort of pissed me off the most because I was just thinking, oh, that's what they were inferring. And that's why it's a big deal. And that's why Oprah kept circling back to that. Because I'm like, oh, that is low down. And it's sad, actually, if you think about it, because it means that that whole implication of weaponized tears, apparently that works in Britain just like it works here. Because when you go online and you see all these people just raging at Megan, like Megan just went in their house and stole their dog. A lot of times they reference to the fact that she made Kate cry. Well, I have, I'm here to tell y'all, Kate, 
probably has cried at other things too. I mean, if you know she sees a good rom com and she weeps over, are you going to go beat up Hugh Grant? I don't think so. Can we? Well, you might want to do that anyway because some of his movies suck. But we're not going to talk about that. We're going to just stick to the fact that that was the one thing that stood out for me in the interview that was surprising for me. Maybe Megan did borrow Kate's dog. That can make her cry. I don't even know if they have a dog. Okay. I don't know enough about that family. But yeah, the interview, if you haven't seen it yet, it is quite riveting. It is well done. I have to do a shout out to Tyler Perry because apparently that's the other surprise out of this interview. Apparently Tyler Perry is a real MVP. How is that? Because when Harry and Meghan first got over here and they were trying to find a place that they can, you know, be through the lockout. And apparently they're they're just like, look, Harry, if you're not going to play the reindeer games, we're going to pull your security. And they're getting death threats and all sorts of things. Um, Tyler Perry stepped in and said, hey, look, I have this like, you know, house that I'm not using. You can use my security. You'll be completely safe. Tyler Perry has houses. Yes. Yeah. But the fact that the crown will not protect Harry Megan, but Medea would. Hey, that's all you need to know. And if you've ever seen a Medea movie. You know, they are A-OK. Because one, Medea's packing all the time. She packing. If it's not a pistol, she got a bat. If she ain't got a bat, she got that chainsaw. Yeah, Medea's always packing. One. But then two, if you've seen, what was it? Which which was the one where they had the ridiculous wedding? Not, I thought that was, that no, that wasn't. That wasn't Diary of a Mad Black Woman. It was. Oh, was it Family Reunion? I think so. The one where she adopted Kiki Palmer. Yeah. Okay. Sounds about right. You <laughs> cask is sharp, Carlos. <laughs> she teaches her to put on a, a pot of hot grits. On hold on now. Hold on now. Why is it with y'all women in the, the damn grits? <laughs> what I'm trying to say is. Hold on now. I'm what having, I'm trying to say is. For I don't need no flashbacks. Over, if people are coming over from England in order to hurt Harry and Meghan. I'm sure they're not familiar with the hot grits phenomenon that they do was now. discussed in that movie. So I think they will be quite protected with Tyler. Al Green so, will tell them. So let's hear it for Tyler Perry. He's a real MVP. Love and happiness. You know, Without them grits. <laughs> so wrap it up my week outside of that. I, I do want to just take a quick moment to talk about something that we had talked about on the previous podcast, and that is WandaVision has finally come to an end. And now I get to tune out. No, no, don't tune out. It was a great... No, no, because... Okay. First of all, spoilers. This this whole segment is going to be about spoilers. I'm just going to be honest. So now you can jump forward eight, nine minutes. No, no. If, if you don't want to hear the spoilers. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Because here's the thing. I have been riveted throughout the nine episode arc of the show. I This, again, is first. This is not the first Marvel related television show, but this is the first Marvel related television show 
that ties into their cinematic universe. Um, and they did a really incredible job because you're thinking in 30 minutes, what are they going to accomplish that usually you see over an arc of 23 movies of Marvel? And they very brilliantly brought everything together. In fact, if anything, I kind of wish that they made this the last episode longer um, because there was just so much to unpack. Um, and the thing is, Disney Plus, they're smart. They, they know how to do their serial programming quite well because they will have you getting up at the butt crack of dawn <laughs> to watch the episode. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to miss the episode and then you have to stay off of social media for the day because everyone is talking about it. Although people have been handling the WandaVision spoilers on Twitter brilliantly. So I got to give their hand to that. Um, So if you listen to the last episode, if you are, first of all, if you're not familiar with Marvel Cinematic Universe or what that means, I recommend you listen to the first segment of the last episode um, where we, where I break down what that means and how there's different characters. Cause I had someone email me and they're just like, you know what? I never understood it. And do you did the sandbox scenario? Really? Yeah. I did not know this. This is really interesting stuff right here. Stop making fun of me. (laughs) It's too easy. Because the whole thing about the sandbox, it's hard to imagine everything until you put everything in their proper place. And you're like, oh, yeah. That's why these things work together. Yes. So I was up at like four and five in the morning (laughs) before a long ass work day. (laughs) I didn't want to wake everyone up. So I actually watched it on my computer in my office. I was holding a cup of coffee. I I actually think I woke up the pets though. At one point I I like screamed when I realized that someone who I thought was Quicksilver was not Quicksilver, according to them. But I think that's a lie. Like <laughs> Why actually, do you believe that? Are you just asking these questions so you can do now? I'm staying relevant, but continue. <laughs> okay. All jokes aside, though, it was a really great show. Um, I, I think they did a great job of tying up the loose ends. The way that the move, the television show works is that Marvel, the way they tell their stories, are in what's known as phases. So this introduces a new phase. That means that they're bringing on new characters as they retire old ones. And so the show introduce characters like, for example, the character of Monica Rambeau, who I explained who she was. Yeah, because that's the one in uh, Captain Marvel. Right. That was the little girl, the 11-year-old little girl in Captain Marvel, who's now an adult now. And she got her powers, and you saw that shown. Um, I think it did a really great way of tying in elements of the classic comic book, The House of M where it talks about Wanda's breakdown and it, her identity is going to be essential to several movies that are becoming out. 
And so I think it did a really great job of setting up those stories. Does it in any way, and please bear with me because I did not watch, did it finally explain how they're going to integrate the M, the, un, you know, the one, oh, the, the word they cannot say? Well, we can, we can say it. it's the mutants, yes. basically. The, like the X-Men portion right, of the program. In a nutshell, if you didn't catch last week's episode, what this means is once upon a time, Marvel sold out parts of their company in order to, characters of their company in order to stay afloat. But the same movie studios didn't buy all the characters. They broke them up. So Fox bought the X-Men properties, which had the word mutant in it. And Disney bought a bunch of other properties that did not. And so Fox, because they made a crap load of money, they're very protective of their stuff. And so they said, you can't even think of saying the word mutant. We even catch you thinking the word mean and we'll sue you. Well, eventually Disney buys Fox. So now they have all the characters except for the ones tied to Spider-Man that's on Sony. So now they're trying, everyone's like, yes, all of us nerds, please put them together because they're together in the comic books, right? Mm. And we want to see them all together. And Disney's like, okay, we'll, we'll bring them in, but we'll take our time. So there's one character, to answer your question, and this goes to the Quicksilver. Fleece, we don't have enough time to even cover the, the, the nexus of it. But in a nutshell, I'll try to make it short. When the two, when the Disney franchises of Marvel and the, the Fox franchises of Marvel were separate, in the comic books, there were X-Men who served on the Avengers, and then they went back to the X-Men, and vice versa, because they all lived in the same place. But what they decided to do was, when Disney wanted to tell their stories, they were like, look, we're not going to say the N-word, but can we borrow two of your characters that really fits with us? And they served on both teams. And Fox was like, okay, but seriously, use the N-word, we're coming after you. Emphasis, the M word. The M word being mutant. Yes. So basically, they brought over two of the characters. One of them died. They killed one off right away. But he appears again in WandaVision using the actor that this character is being played in the Fox series. So everyone was like, oh my God, there's mutants. They introduce mutants. They have to introduce mutants. Disney's. And this is where Disney's trolling you because you're just waiting for confirmation in the end of the series. You find out that that is not who they say he is, that he is a person by the name of Ralph Boner. So they put in a dick joke in a Disney show. (laughs) But Ralph Boner, who Agatha Harkness, a.k.a. Agnes, has been claiming to be married to all this time. It was her all along. However... Please do not say that again, because I get that all along. I've been trying to get this song out of my head all week. I love that song. I love the Trap remakes. Oh, my God. Uh, You guys, if you haven't heard Agatha all along, first of all, get your life. Second of all, go to YouTube and just Google the words, enter the words Agatha all along and just get a minute of joy that you can't get back. Be prepared for that to be in your head all week. (laughs) But. Here's the thing. I think 
Marvel is lying to us and that mutants exist. And here's why. Because the whole setup to WandaVision entering the show was you actually, around episode four, you see that what actually is going on is not the television show you're watching. Okay. You see what actually is going on is there's an FBI agent played by Randall Park, which if there's any justice in the world, after one division, Marvel will just give him his own show. He is brilliant in this. So he is following up on someone on a witness protection program. That person has gone missing. So he went to the town of Westview to find him. When he gets there, he realizes the entire town of Westview is missing because in essence is under a spell that's unwittingly cast by Wanda. So there's another episode. There's another scene in the series where he breaks down the identity of everyone in this town who has shown up. And it's a different identity on the television series. So essentially she kidnaps these people. She's forced him to play another character in her television series that is being broadcast. They never identify who Ralph is. Okay. So you see this huge board with everyone's real name, and there's a couple people who are missing. One is Dottie, which we find out is a red herring. One is Agatha. Agatha's not playing a role. Agatha put herself in it to try to steal Wanda's powers. Really? Yes. Hmm. But the one name that's not in there is Ralph, who we find out in the last episode. It didn't dawn on me until actually yesterday that the reason why Ralph doesn't exist is he is a person in witness protection. And if you think about it, Ralph Boner sounds like a name that a dude would totally give himself if he was in witness protection. Like Carlos Danger. Yes, exactly. Okay. So if you think about it, and if Ralph is the person, then who is Ralph? I'm thinking Ralph is really the Quicksilver from the Fox series, and that we will see him again. So I think that is how they're going to introduce mutants into the series, because he had the powers of Quicksilver. And I'm not entirely sure that Agatha gave him that. He was under Agatha's control, but being able to run and do all the things, because Quicksilver is like their version of the Flash. Yeah. So he has super speed. He was all too comfortable knowing how to use them. I honestly think that that is who his real identity is. And they never talked about who the missing witness protection person is again. So that lets me know that that's going to be brought up in another Fox movie. Cause that's our Marvel movie. Cause that's how they do it. Like, remember when I watched at Ant-Man late at night and I realized Ant-Man was going to be the key to like in game and how they were going to get everybody back. Yeah, and you I woke your that. ass up at like three in the morning. Yes, she did. <laughs> Well, and they happy. were really quiet. They didn't mention him at all. <laughs> and, 
in Infinity War. And it finally just dawned on me, like, oh, yeah. That's how they're going to do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I honestly think that Ralph, Ralph Boner, is really Quicksilver, and that's how they're going to enter mutants in. Plus, the last scene, and if you watch WandaVision, they actually have post-credits, because not all the episodes do, but this one does. So watch to the very end, and they kind of let you know that mutants exist because her kids are mutants and they still exist. And that's all I'm going to say. Okay. So I got my nerd on. It was great. <laughs> it was the highlight of my week because otherwise my week sucked with a really long project that I had to work on <laughs> that just kept going and going. So I was very happy to get up at 4.30 in the morning and and scream at my computer to watch the last episode. And figure out all the different sandboxes. Yes. And have trap versions of random. All the long, exactly. Got it. But I have a couple weeks. This Actually, I don't even have a couple weeks because the next Marvel series is coming out. What's the next Marvel series? Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Bucky and the other guy. It's the Bucky and the other guy. I can't think of this. <laughs> I can't think of Falcon's name. <laughs> so anyway, it looks to be a really great show. Um, I'm excited about that. And yeah, I'm just going to... Bucky and the brother. <laughs> Bucky and the brother. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. My bad. The brother and Bucky. <laughs> Okay, his name is Sam Wilson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you, Echo. <laughs> Sam Wilson and Bucky. So I tell you what, we're gonna why don't we take a break? Because I think we went way nerdier than some of our listeners are probably used to. But you know, this is the segment where we talk about our week, and this is how our week went. Cool. The black man and Bucky. <laughs> So when we come back, we will talk about three stories, um, none of which are tied to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I promise, um, that meets the intersection of food and pop culture. And, of course, we'll end a podcast talking like we always do with the best thing we ate this week. So we're listening, sorry, you were listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. And we will be right back. Today's episode of the Gourmet Cooper podcast is presented by Clark's. Clark's story began almost 200 years ago when Cyrus and James Clark made a slipper from sheepskin. At the time, it was considered groundbreaking, a combination of both invention and craftsmanship that has remained at the heart of what Clark does, even to this very day. And now the Gourmet Goober, we're teaming up with Clark's and Podgo to provide you up to 30% off select items, including the iconic Clark's Desert Boot. Just go to podco.co slash Clark. That's podco.co slash Clark's. Thanks for listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. Now, back to the show. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And C. Outlaw. And we are back with the segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast that we call What's Eating Us?, that's where we share the stories that have given us joys, made us laugh, made us think, 
And as always, it covers that intersection between food and pop culture. And this week, Big Daddy and I chose three stories that were very pertinent to um, restaurants and how they have been handling um, or mitigating some of the changes that are going on during the pandemic and the change in the restaurant industry, trying to get a leg up on their competition, maybe rolling out some new services. And in one particular restaurant in particular, one um, organization that is jumping into something that we've talked about on the show before, the Ghost Kitchen Craze, which again, it's a reminder if you're not familiar what that is, it's a new concept that has really been taking steam. It's been around for a while, to be honest, but since the pandemic, it's really taken off. And it's the whole idea where there are some concept store restaurants that essentially there's these food concepts, they sell their um, their proprietary recipes and how the ingredients and marketing all to restaurants. It's giving them a way to have another um, stream of income during this crisis. Um, most of the time you'll know a ghost kitchen because it's there's no brick and mortar per se. Um, it's all delivered through a partner service like Grubhub or DoorDash or Seamless or any and number one of those um, many delivery services that are out there. Um, and more and more, these concepts are actually taken over by celebrities. So that, um, for example, rapper Tyga has one that's tied with chicken bites. Um, there is a delivery service that's actually tied to Mariah Carey so that she actually does um, a ghost kitchen delivery service tied with cookies. And getting into that concept is celebrity um, actress and lifestyle guru, um, Gwyneth Paltrow. (laughs) Yes. So if you're familiar, she has this lifestyle brand that's called Goop. And Goop normally is not something that you would be um, associating with food um, delivery per se, but they are known for some high-end products. And when I say high-end, they have something with the Lifestyle brand, everything from a candle that supposedly smelled like um, Ms. Paltrow's private parts. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, the candle literally says this smells like my vagina. I didn't need to know that, Gwen, but just in case, there you go. It's almost like Strange. It stinks <laughs> it's so, so good. good right? <laughs> but she's also sold everything from $425 sweatpants on $1,995 Ouija board, which is a shame because that's a lot of money to get thrown out of my house. Yes. I don't fuck with that. Or <laughs> she actually advertised once a $35,000 pyramid-shaped cabinet that is supposed to create a spatial vortex in whatever room is placed in. All I know is if you pay $35,000 for anything that goes in our house, it better create a spatial vortex. It better have like a direct connection to Idris Elba. <laughs> it should allow me to go back in time and meet up with Big Keanu from Speed. <laughs> It should accomplish a lot of things for $35,000. Okay, maybe not all that. <laughs> so anyway, beginning this week, she is actually rolling out a new part of her 
her empire tied to the Goop brand. And it's a ghost kitchen concept where it's a gluten-free, clean food. It's called the Goop Kitchen. So again, being a ghost kitchen, it's delivery concept, delivery only. It only has five items on this menu right now. And most of the time, these concepts are pretty small in what they offer. So that's about right. But with it, they offer two salads. You can build your own lettuce wraps. And then there is a pair of bowls that they offer as well. And the bowls, if I'm not mistaken, there is a salmon bowl. And then there's a goop teriyaki bowl, which is made with organic chicken. Um, The salads, by the way, there's a miso salad, um, miso salmon salad. Um, There is um, a supreme chop salad, whatever that is. And then they have um, mushroom al pastor lettuce wraps. So I imagine that's probably a vegan one. Um, Her kick, if you will, her main reason to be is that this is a restaurant that she claims is certified clean. So that means that they're freed from processed sugars, processed food, gluten, soy, dairy, peanuts, or preservatives. So basically bland. <laughs> it's Big Daddy, was, they take out all the good stuff. <laughs> yeah, because it's basically, oh, it's clean. It's like clean up flavor, clean up taste, clean up some good grease. I don't know. So this restaurant is actually ran by Chef Kim Kleska. And... She um, very famously worked for a restaurant in Napa Valley. I think it's called El Bully. But it's also just going to be delivering in the Los Angeles area, but not everywhere in Los Angeles. So I think if I'm not mistaken, you can find it in places such as Beverly Hills. um, Just, yeah, uh, Brentwood, Beverly Hills, Pacific palisade in venice so, so they're not delivering that down to the trap kitchen no if you live in inglewood or compton i'm sorry you were out of luck what about the brothers in the lbc long beach don't think so I, okay i i think she's going for a very specific <laughs> not up the coast as far as who she's sending the food to but to be honest it's not even a long Time thing. I think she's only going to be offering this from March March eighth through March the twenty first. So it's a it's almost like a pop up kind of ghost kitchen thing. Okay. So she put out a statement about it. Of course she did. <laughs> and I say this because Big Daddy. Okay. Do you um, need a minute? <laughs> Because okay, when we're in a production meeting and we we have a production meeting before every episode of the podcast, a silly one, a very silly one, and we were talking about whether or not to cover this. And Big Daddy, I think part of the reason why you wanted to cover this is you found it interesting, and we were we were going to maybe expand into how ghost kitchens are now becoming the latest celebrity thing. Okay, we'll go with that, but. To be honest, I think the other reason why he wanted me to cover it is because I don't. Okay, how do I put this? I I I be, be I, nice. I am trying to. I'm not really sure how this has happened. 
But Miss Paltrow is not my favorite actress or person. And <laughs> Big Daddy knows this. Like, going back to the last segment and my nerdiness, I admit I part of the reason why I did not see Iron Man 2 or 3. And probably neither did she. Well, yeah, because apparently she doesn't know how many Marvel movies she's in. Like, it always comes up like, you were in Spider-Man. No, I wasn't. Yeah, you were in Spider-Man. She just doesn't know. But, <laughs> um, and I think part of it is because growing up, Iron Man was not my favorite person. But the other part is I kind of find her annoying. I'm sorry, you find her what? <laughs> I sometimes find her a little pretentious and annoying. Little but, pretentious and annoying. But it, it's not my cup of tea. Okay, she's just she's just not my taste, that's all. I'll put it that way. She's just not my taste. <laughs> Big Daddy sometimes teases me because <laughs> she's everywhere. No, no, you want me you want me to read the statement in her voice, basically, because I have a good of I well, it's not just a good of voice, but it's you have a generic um voice that <laughs> she reads everything in and is quite Karen Becky slash Gertrude ish. Yes, and so when I'm like looking at the notes for the media, I'm just like Oh, you wanted me to read this statement in her voice. <laughs> she has a very bad impersonation, but yet funny. <laughs> okay, all right. What is the statement? Let's see if I can do this without giggling. Good luck. <laughs> Driven by a core belief that clean, nutrient-dense, delicious foods lead to greater well-being, Goop has c- covered countless detoxes and interviewed legions of experts on the food to happiness connection. Goop's kitchen mission is to accelerate the clean food movement by proving, just as Paltrow did years ago, that whole unprocessed meals can be both satisfying and convenient. This time brought you right to your door with a few clicks. <laughs> Big Daddy's holding his face so he doesn't laugh out loud. I'm doing my best to hold this in. <laughs> I generally, and no disrespect to Miss Paltrow, nor the people of London, um, but I generally, I have no problem with Gwyneth Paltrow as a person or an actress, but I, I may have more of a problem with like what Goop products really are. I tend to believe that I, I don't know exactly what the what the acronym. Goop really stands for, but I really I think like that's her childhood nickname. That's her childhood nickname. Yeah, I I'm so it. sorry for her, <laughs> but I generally believe it stands for like generously opulent and overpriced products. And you know what? That actually, that's a good one. <laughs> that is a very good one. Yes, <laughs> but all jokes aside, you know what? It's there is legions of women who are really big fans of this. So I'm not going to like poo-poo them. It's Because they can it's, afford that. Sh- it's no. not for everybody. I personally am not really sure why you need a candle that smells like her hoo-ha. But to be fair, she's not the only person who's done it. I think Erica, by that. I think Erica Badu has a candle that supposedly smells like her hoo-ha too. So I guess everyone wants us to smell their hoo-ha. Um, Wait a minute, does Cardi B have one? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, 
Hell, I'm going, you know, multi all over Wait, the place. Wait, you want to buy a Kendo purse if she does? We need to take I, this I, offline. Yeah. I don't think I could talk to you about this. No, no, bike. no, because I'm like, I, I don't know <laughs> if I need the Migos, like, you know, looking for me. Although that would explain. Okay, I'm not going to make a Dabba Ranch joke. We're going to move on. Yes, yes, we will. No, we won't. Let's move along. We are going to move along. <laughs> so, what do you think? I mean, obviously, Goop does not deliver where we are just yet. No kidding. <laughs> I think Goop will probably be the way of the Girl Scout cookie in earlier in the segment. But do you think that this is something that, I mean, eventually we're going to be out of the pandemic and people want to go out dining and eating and things like that? And it's a super easy way. If you're a celebrity to put your name on something and not necessarily have a restaurant that you're invested in, it's a really easy, low cost way to get started up and, and diversified in the food industry. But do you think this is a trend that will last? So would you, A, want to try Goop's food if you had the opportunity? Nope. And Okay, that was quick. That was quick. But B, do you think that this is indicative of a larger trend that you're going to see where more and more celebrities are putting their name on ghost kitchens? Yes, I very much believe that with how the overall market and most importantly, like the how there are a lot of people from different entertainment, business, collaborations, they want to dip their toe in. I know a lot of people want to start their own restaurants. And this is almost, I don't want to say a safe way, but kind of a way of like dipping your toe into the sand and kind of like doing like a quick, you know, blitz uh, marketing thing of like, okay, what can I bring a different niche to the market? What can I do to bring something that maybe, you know, other people have, maybe it's just like, you know, random people are putting something together and then a celebrity comes in like, boom, I put my name on it. So thus people must try it. People must see it. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm thinking that there are people who, that this will become a thing for a, for a little while. But will it be sustainable after the pandemic ends? But I guess yeah. that's kind of hard to say, though, because we don't know what dining is going to look like even after the fact. Yeah, I generally believe that after the, I think there's going to be a lot of evolutions that go on. So here's a question I have. What celebrity ghost kitchen would you be eager to try? Like, I already know my answer. If Patty LaBelle put out a ghost kitchen, I am there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the chance to table to eat Miss Patty's cookies. We have two of her cookbooks on our shelf. Girlfriend can throw down in the kitchen. So this is not just her slapping a name on something. This is someone who knows how to cook. I would totally try her ghost kitchen concept. Okay. Even if it's not her cooking herself, because I imagine that she would probably be really, well, she has really great recipes. So I'm hoping that whoever like cooks it for her will be able to season it and do it as Miss Patty would do it. Does she get to call me Chipmunk? <laughs> Maybe she, that would be her, her that would be the name of her ghost <laughs> kitchen. Chipmunk. That's right. I like that. <laughs> Just as long as she gets to call me Chipmunk. But no prune cobbler. So what about you? What ghost, celebrity ghost kitchen would you Okay. Um, I'm going to stay kind of in the neighborhood. I have two. One that maybe there might be one. 
already, but I don't know about it. But okay, I have two really quick. One maybe associated with Miss LaBelle. I have a thing that I believe that the drummer Questlove from the Roots. I'm thinking the boy has some recipes. Well, he already he has drive. a ghost kitchen, I think. He has a go. See, there we go. I think he does have a delivery service. And so you're he, right. He would probably be a really good one. He would be a good one because at least he has he has great stories. And I generally believe that he knows different cuisines from different places, not only just Philly, but also like, you know, from the East Coast, down south, in the bayou. He has all these great stories, and I would really like to talk to Questlove, especially just generally about food. Um, actually, my other one is going to sound way off the charts, but I'm going to take a stab at it. I generally believe, just me saying it, Dr. Phil. I want to see a ghost kitchen with Dr. Phil. Really? Yes, I do. Okay, I was not expecting this. This didn't come up in the production meeting, y'all. No, no, no. I, do, <laughs> I truly believe. Hey, if you sit down and you talk to Dr. Phil about some good food, Dr. Phil has some good food. He just won't tell you about it yet. Oh, no, no, no. I understand Dr. Phil knows good food, obviously. But I don't know if Dr. Phil, like, knows good food, like, recipe. Like, do you see, is he, a, is he, does he like to cook? He does like to cook. He, has, he has cooked some, some pretty decent things in the past. That's just, un, you know, undercover. I did not know this about Dr. Phil. Yes, Dr. Phil can do a little cooking. But yeah, I'm willing to say that even if not all of it is Dr. Phil's cooking, I would be interested to see if Dr. Phil come out with a ghost kitchen with some Southern recipes. Hmm. Interesting. Yes. Yes, it is. I guess I never really thought of Dr. Phil as like some great culinary genius. Well, How I'll did you find out that he liked to cook? I don't know. I think he was doing an interview. Maybe he was like making fun of Dr. Oz and all of a sudden he references his, you know, cooking ability. No, I think Dr. Well, you know what? Dr. Oz's daughter can cook one. So I don't think that's big of a deal, but yeah, I, Personally, hadn't thought of Dr. Phil. Hmm. What kind of food do you think it would be Southern food? I mean, I believe Dr. Phil is a worldly man, but <laughs> I think he would be very good. I think he could definitely throw down. He could throw down a good brisket. I'm, I'm not saying he could. I'm just thinking because, you know, even if he doesn't actually do all the cooking, you know, he can put his name on it, you know, and just call it, I don't know, either you get it or you don't. In his own little southern slang. You just want to say that. Yes, I do. <laughs> well, if you're in the area, just know that if you're interested in trying Goop's um, test kitchen, <laughs> ghost kitchen, you can do so. And again, it's only available from Monday, March 8th through Sunday, March 21st. And you can go through its website. And I will put a link to it on our show notes. So even though, again, I'm not a fan of Miss Paltrow, again, it sounds like it's interesting to be able to try the product. So you can find out more through the link that I'll put on the show notes. And if you happen to be one of the lucky few <laughs> that gets it, let us know. 
Now, outside of that, talking about a more egalitarian dining choice, one that probably is everywhere as opposed to just the small marking areas that Ms. Paltrow is targeting, our second story happens to deal with Popeyes and their continued dominance over the Great Chicken Wars and their ways of maintaining that. Um, and there's actually two stories that are tied to it because, quite frankly, we just think that Popeyes needs all of their ducats. <laughs> they need all of the awards because, first of all, who's ever managing their social media is quite masterful because now we've moved on from community-based content around their chicken and how good it is to now they're using their time and trolling other new entries into the chicken wars um, because they know that they're so good. (laughs) Oh, goody. So one, actually, we had talked about in our meeting, if you recall, and this is regards to uh, McDonald's, which, by the way, they just recently, and McDonald's have had chicken sandwiches before, but they've actually recently released a new sandwich concept um, designed specifically to go against the um, chicken sandwich at at Popeyes. At Popeyes. And um, it's their crispy chicken sandwich. So there's a spicy crispy. There is a classic crispy. And then there's a crispy deluxe. And the difference between the regular and the spicy and the deluxe is, of course, the deluxe has like the addition of lettuce, tomato, and onion, I believe. Whereas the um, the other two sandwiches, they're more traditional in line with what you've seen with some of the other Popeye-like sandwiches. And that right. includes, in this case, I think it's a potato bun. Um, and then they also have mayonnaise, or in the case of the spicy one, the spicier condiment sauce to go with it. And then, of course, pickles and the actual um, protein being the crispy sandwich. Um, just as a side note, Big Daddy and I, we recently tried the um, the McDonald's sandwich. And I have to say, I was pleasantly surprised. I really, really liked it. I was pleasantly surprised and for this reason, one. Because if there are things you got to do about McDonald's, they are very liberal with their salt. Yes. But... Weirdly enough, like their chicken sandwich was not as salty as I thought it would be. No, and um, actually it was very subtle in their seasoning, which is really, really nice. All things considered, it was actually, if if you put the Popeye's chicken sandwich at the top, it's a close second. I think if anything, it probably needs a little bit more crunch in the sandwich. Yeah, it just needed more... Oh, yeah. yeah, it it just was missing a little bit of that satisfying crunch that you get with the McDonald's yes. or with the Popeyes. But no, it was, you know, well seasoned. You know, it's really kind of subtle. Um, it had the spicy one actually tastes pretty darn close to the spicy one at Popeyes. Um, but. I, the thing I like about it is that they they definitely came on the come up when it came to the chicken. Because one of the reasons why I don't like the McDonald's sandwiches is they all have like this similar taste, like the McChicken sandwich. Yes. You know, 
where it's almost like it's mechanical separated chicken as opposed to this sandwich where you can clearly tell they're using actual chicken breast for it. So basically you're saying the chicken died violently. <laughs> they went off Terminator <laughs> on that chicken. I didn't see that specifically, but yeah. So during the rollout, because McDonald's, they wanted to roll this chicken sandwich out with new fanfare. So what they did was they set up a website in early February with the idea that you will be able to go on the website and offer get offered free chicken, right? Right. Well, they really didn't plan this well because what Popeye decided to do when they saw this lunch is they went to their local, I don't know, um, GoDaddy.com or whatever, and they went and they thought up as many different variants of the McDonald's URL as they possibly could. So if people misentered the URL for, let's say it's like McDonald's chicken, and they add an S in the end of the chickens. So now it becomes McDonald's chicken. They, they literally just went through and come up with as many mistakes as they possibly could. So when people went looking for the McDonald's chicken, they would be redirected towards Popeye's. How freaking devious is that? One, that's devious. <laughs> okay, I'll give them credit. That is devious. <laughs> two, they have too way the webmaster has too much time on his hands. <laughs> Three, Popeye's must have some, you know, some bank. A little bit, you know. I know getting the, you know, being able to get the names was uh an ingenious thought. But at the same time, like, you know, it was not expensive to get the names. But four, in reference to coming to America, did they get McDowell's chicken? <laughs> See, they're McDowell's. We're McDowell's. We're McDowell's. <laughs> I don't think the women said pop ass said, hey, did I think of McDowell's chicken? See, <laughs> there we go right there, bank that. So in their ad, it's actually pretty funny because um, they even give you some of the different ways because the McDonald's URL basically spelled out the word chicken drop. And Popeye's is like, oh, we got you back. However you spell any of these chicken drops... If you go to the Popeye site, you actually get a free Popeye chicken sandwich. Oh, hold on now. Hold on now. I'm paying attention. Here we go. Yes. So not only did they troll them, but they trolled them and actually <laughs> took the chicken sandwich away from Popeye or McDonald's. So everyone had a chance to get their own Popeye's chicken sandwich. And I'm like, oh. That's a little shasty. <laughs> that one that is shasty. That was a neat trick. One, I'm I'm very impressed. At the same time, I'm like, you know, the people at Chick Fil A are just pissed off because they're like, how come we didn't think of this? <laughs> they're too nice to do that, though. I don't we, think Chick Fil A would do that. That's the whole thing. Are. They're just really nice and wholesome. Nice and wholesome, might yeah. <laughs> well. You know what? I'm not going to go on that either. No. But two, do you ever get the feeling that the uh, 
the people in our audience are sick of us talking about chicken wars. <laughs> you think the chicken wars have like run their course? You know, you would think so, but now everyone is trying to get in the act over a year later. True. So, like for example, outside of Pop- uh, Popeyes and McDonald's, Popeye also trolled another fast food chain, one that you would never connect to the chicken wars. But now they're trying to get their own. Really? Yes. So. Of all places, Taco Bell. Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell, like running for the border. Yo Kiro. Yes. Yo Kiro Taco Bell running for the border. So they are now going into the chicken war as well. So they recently, a couple weeks ago, came out with a much anticipated fried chicken menu, including something that's called the fried chicken sandwich taco. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. I, I, maybe this is maybe this is the first time I've heard this, but maybe not. Um, I'm sorry. Would you like to say that one more time for me? Yes, it is the crispy chicken sandwich taco. The crispy chicken sandwich taco. Yes. You ever get to feeling that sometimes the people at Taco Bell in the food kitchen there. They tend to just be sitting there smoking on something. And they just say, <laughs> what crap can we make up? Well, let's just let's just explore what's on it. Okay. So it's kind of weird because if you look at it, it's sort of like fried chicken with instead of pickles, it's jalapeno with the spicy. Jalapeno. And it's kind of like a sandwich in a taco. So it's basically the taco shell is bread. <laughs> and the centerpiece of the taco is the crispy tortilla chicken, which features white meat marinated in jalapeno buttermilk, Mexican inspired spices, and a crunchy outside shell, which is made from tortilla chips. I'm trying to piece my head. Okay. Do you need a minute? <laughs> I'm still putting this together. Please forgive me. I'm a little slow on the come up, but okay. I'm I'm I guess that goes together. But I'm still I'm still working on this like coming from Taco Bell of all places. Well, apparently Taco Bell feels that because they've created what they call a fourth meal and it's a sandwich in a taco, it doesn't have to explain itself. I think it still needs to explain itself. you got something to do. I'm just thinking that's a lot. One, but two, since Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, and KFC all kind of run together in some markets. Um, Maybe they just all just had one big cataclysm. Just they threw it all together in the kitchen and said, All right, what can we put together? And it may start tasting a lot like a KFC sandwich in Taco Bell stores. That's just my general belief. I, I guess, I don't know, to look at it, if you, it just, you know what it looks, reminds me of. 
I don't know if you've ever done this when you're a kid or do it now where you have like the end pieces of a bread of a loaf. Yes. And you fold it over and you put like some protein in it, like a hot dog, a piece of chicken, just something. So it's kind of like a one handed sandwich. Okay. I admit I've done that with a hot dog. Right. Time, time. Yes. So I've done that a lot with a hot dog. So honestly, I think that that's what the taco chicken sandwich looks like. So they announced that this is something that will be coming soon. And well, Subway, or not Subway. Oh, good God, no. <laughs> Sorry. Popeyes. I don't know why I said Subway. Popeyes did not take too kindly to that. So they posted a TikTok. And yes, I know Popeyes has a TikTok. Man. <laughs> Shots fired out there. But this TikTok they did was instructing people to how to make their own Taco Tuesday with Popeye's chicken sandwiches. So what you do is, number one, you order the chicken sandwich. But remember, you have to get the Popeye's chicken sandwich. Number two, remove the chicken from the bun. Number three, rub the top and bottom pieces together to spread the sauce. Um, <clears throat> number four is to tear or cut the chicken in half. And number five is to fold the bottom and top pieces together like tacos and place the chicken fillet halves in each and garris with the pickles. Um, and voila, you have your own Taco Bell. <laughs> Um, fried chicken sandwich meat better with actual Popeye's fried chicken. Okay. So, after hearing that, I'm going to take a shot at Popeye's because generally I like to believe that when I go and I order my food, they can put it together. But I generally don't like my having, you know, to go through a process of my own damn recipe for something I can do myself. No, I don't need to do it myself. Damn it, just just make, you know, better food, one. <laughs> but two, I'm like, that's just too much work. But I like to also say, I like to, like, you know, harken back to my hack of taking a ripped up uh, section of chicken from Popeye's and putting it in a Philly cheesesteak. Oh, God. Yeah. You remember that one? Yes. Oh, man, that was my favorite hack of all time. Philly's finest, <laughs> and then with a chicken sandwich, fresh. Oh, that that one was beautiful. Well, I've never had that, so I'm going to take your word that it's really delicious. Oh, you should. Hopefully, it's a lot better than the fact that Popeye is a master of not only chicken but the troll game. <laughs> and I have a feeling that we will probably see them doing this again in the future. Yeah, they're going to them. Yeah. So, our last story actually deals with ELF Cosmetics, which is something you may not know about. All I'm hearing is ELF. (laughs) It's a little cosmetic company. By the way, it's it's for um, eyes, lips, and face. Um, It's a little cosmetic company. It's known for 
making high price or sorry, high quality makeup at a more egalitarian, like a, a cheap price so that everyone can afford. So you can usually get everything from, I've used them before. They have really great, um, sorry, little, really great foundations and lipsticks and they're cheap. They're like three to like $10, which is fairly inexpensive for the quality you get from them. So they decided, how can we differentiate our cosmetics from other people? Okay. And they said, we know we will do a makeup collaboration between Elf and Chipotle. Chipotle. Yes. You know, like where you go and get your bag of chips and like you get your salt free. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so the makeup line is actually launching on May the 9th. So by the time this podcast comes out, it'll be launched. Now it includes a plumping make it hot lip gloss. Um, a makeup sponge that looks like an avocado, because why not? <laughs> oh, man, I'm, I'm imagining like guac <laughs> on my face. Um, it also comes with a makeup bag that looks like a bag of chips and a 12-piece eyeshadow um, palette with shades to match everything from the corn salsa to the black beans and with, at a Chipotle burrito bar. I'm getting the feeling some drunk kid is going to really be in for trouble when he, like, mixes that up at night. <laughs> you know what? That's probably the case. No, there's no doubt that that is definitely going to be the case. Some kid literally is, some dude literally is going to be smoking a little bit too much or eating too much or all of a sudden, ooh, they're going to get hungry and, well, the ELF is going to be on the, you know, in the wrong space at the wrong time. And like, what happened to my makeup kit? Well, I was hungry. <laughs> I went through some things. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you waited way too long. <laughs> well, get this. Every purchase of the eyeshadow palette that I was telling you about earlier will come for a free gift of chips and guacamole. Mm, huge. Huge. Spray with salt. <laughs> Free chips and guacamole from the chain? I would do it for that. Okay. Okay. I'll be willing <laughs> to say, yeah, I would do it for the chips. Yeah. They do have good chips. I'm willing to give them that piece. Yeah. And, you know, they do. I always, I'm the only person I know that can go into Chipotle, Chipotle, and or only order tacos and be good. Just walk out. That's all I need. That's just me. But, yeah. I'd be willing to go for the chips and salsa. Well, to be fair, I've never convinced you to try their guacamole. It's really good. But that also leads me to wonder. Wonder, wonder, wonder. <laughs> Again, this is something that. In, wow. Come on. Think about it. Well, no, they've had different clubs. I mean, they're not. ELF is not the first line to ever done a collaboration. Have we done one with Popass? No, they have not. But okay. um, Tempedo Hot Sauce had collaborated with um, a brand called Hot Dot back in 2017. Um, Taco Bell had also had looks at the establishing ad campaign. Um, and as this article from Eater points out, 
Dr. Pepper has been partnering up with list makers forever, which is true. I don't think there's ever a person who's come of age in the United States who didn't have a Dr. Pepper lip smacker um, in their purse at some time, because that's up with this bomb. Is that like lip gloss or something? Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Okay, I swear, I like, I have kissed some girls in high school with that on. I, I don't, that was weird. I admit, I don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, I was way back. Sorry. You okay? Yes. Sorry. Just had to move something. But yeah, that I, I'm intrigued by these co- random collabos. Well, I don't know if it's going to be the sort of something um, that you'll see more often. And the idea of eating and makeup going together, it's a little weird. But you got to give them credit for that. Plus, you know, at the price point that most... EOLF comes from, it's a relatively good investment if you think about it. So you pay what, maybe $4 for the eyeshadow, you get something really cool, and you get free chips and salsa, which is cool, or free chips and guacamole, which is close to that price anyway. Yeah. I would also like to say that this is actually another indicative um, piece of our economy right now in business is that. I'm thinking that a lot of businesses now coming out of the pandemic are starting to do interesting mergers. Like, you know, like, you know, like, like Apple stores, like, you know, being in sad targets and best buys and stuff. And, you know, just random, you know, like more businesses that you wouldn't ordinarily think would go together are starting to do interesting collaborations. Right. Yeah. But so I think cosmetics and, and Chipotle, that is weird. That is weird, but <laughs> you never know. It's a thing. Hmm. I'm just thinking what I have tried it if I get if I had the opportunity to because we order from Chipotle rather a lot, rather frequently. And for what it's worth, we do have really, really, really Good um, chips and stuff, and chips and guacamole. Yeah. So yeah, I would try it. I I would do it just for the free gift. <laughs> and even if it doesn't go the way we think it'll go, like you know, makeup doesn't. I'm hoping it will. You know, will be good for people. But even if it isn't, it will make for interesting Christmas gifts. <laughs> yes, it would. But I'm keeping the chips. <laughs> So that wraps up this segment of the what's he nuts. So let's just take a break, catch your breath, and then we'll come back and share the best thing we ate this week. And you're listening to the Gourmet Guru podcast. We will be right back. Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Lorano. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today 
at Amazon.com. Hey guys, this is JJ Outlaw. And T Outlaw. And we are back with the last segment um, of the Gourmet Goober podcast. The what's I said what's eating us again. <laughs> There's a lot eating this, but this is not the segment in which we are doing. No, we are actually talking about the best thing we ate this week, where we share the recipes, the restaurants, um, the things that we are just obsessed about. As always, we share the details in our show notes, so hopefully you can get some in your neck of the woods. And as always, we always like to invite our listeners to share with us the best thing they ate this week, particularly if it's from a local area restaurant, because we want to spread the love as you know, many restaurants and dining establishments are really challenged during this time um, in order to stay afloat. But if you have a place or something that you're obsessed with, you want to share with our listeners, just email us at thegourmetgoober at gmail.com and we will maybe read your response on the show. So as always, we start with Big Daddy. And Big Daddy, what is the best thing you ate this week? I no. Um, <laughs> what was that for? I just wanted to make sure they knew I was in the in the house. <laughs> but no, the best thing I ate this week, uh, weirdly enough, comes from a place called Serrano's Mexican Grill. It is in Hobart, Indiana. Yes. And you would think of when you go to a Mexican grill that you would be looking for things like burritos, enchiladas, tacos. And I'm a big fan of tacos because, you know, like Taco Tuesday, but... <laughs> Weirdly enough, the best thing I ate this week was a dessert, and hopefully it's still on the menu <laughs> at Serrano's. It was actually the churros. Oh, my God. How obsessed are we with their churros? Oh, uh, I was ready to, like, I'm ready to protest for those churros. <laughs> and the reason why he said ready to protest is we actually ordered them off of DoorDash, and we liked them so much, we ordered them twice in one week, which yes. we never do. Yeah, that's we something never, we never ever do. Right. We don't usually like break protocol and go to the same place <laughs> twice within a week. But we were literally sitting at home one night and I was working on a project and I looked at him like, I don't feel like cooking. And Big Daddy's like, neither do I. And then we both looked at each other and said, churros. <laughs> so I'm actually not surprised you chose them. They're really good. Oh, my God. Yes, they are quite addictive. <laughs> and here's the thing, right? So each order of churros, you get three churros, but these are not like regular sized churros, okay? These are like monster sized, huge churros. Yeah, they're kind of like small cigars, <laughs> but lengthy looking churros. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they are traditional. Um, they're, you know, deep fried. They have that nice crisp um, coating of like sugar and cinnamon. But I tell you, that. Ooh, they are good. They actually, were very good. Actually, I could go for some churros right now. I'm not even lying to you. Okay, she's giving me vapors. <laughs> I liked them most because they were sweet but not too sweet. And they definitely were cooked to the right, I would say to the right amount of doneness. Yeah, they were really delicious. And, you know, crispy on the outside, tender on the inside. The reason why he said that he hopes they're on the menu is, to be honest... We were kind of looking at each other and talking about ordering churros now. <laughs> but one, the restaurant's not open yet by the time we're recording this. 
And then two, when we went on DoorDash, we noticed that they did not have the churros. So I'm hoping maybe that's like a temporary thing. Because yeah. if you're listening to Serrano's, seriously, and I, I have to say, we love their other food. Like their, um, what did I get? I got something called a burrito loco, which was, it was like a steak burrito and it had like this wonderful queso on the top of a burrito. And it was like tons of, you know, guacamole because I'm insane for that. It was unhealthy and terribly delicious. And I loved it. But the 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 churros are the icing on the cake, so hopefully that's just like a temporary thing, and maybe they will add it back to DoorDash. But if you get a chance to, hide tell it over to Hyde Park or not Hyde Park of Holbert, Indiana, <laughs> because that's where you can get probably the best churros in this area, right? Easily, easily, easily in this area. <laughs> I don't know why I'm so scattered. I said Hyde Park. I said the best. Um, what's eating us? You're having an Illinois state of mind. <laughs> you know what? I think the coffee's running out. I think that's honestly what's happening. Yeah, we'll go with that. Well, my choice for the best thing I ate this week didn't come from a restaurant or it wasn't something we ate. I mean, we made rather something I ate, obviously, but it's something that I have been sneaking in our kitchen for the last few weeks. And I figured I might as well come clean with it. <laughs> She's been sneaking stuff <laughs> in and out of the kitchen, which I know nothing about. So, Well, no, no. You probably noticed it because I ordered like a big jar of it. And I realized this morning that half of it is gone. And we've only had it for a couple weeks. <laughs> well, apparently since it's in this jar that I know nothing <laughs> about. I'm going to say, you've been taking the maple Vix rub or something? <laughs> no, no. You've seen it. It's called Lao Gan Ma sauce. Um, it's also known as spicy chili crisp. So people refer to it as that. Um, what it is, is Lao Gan Ma is Chinese for old godmother. And it is a brand of chili sauces made in China that has been really popularized. And if, you know, if you've read foodie magazines or things like that, you've probably seen ads on it you know, on Facebook and other places. Um, this sauce has been around for quite a bit. Um, my understanding was that they developed back in 1996. Um, and it, it has many makers, but the Lao God Ma is like the mother of all spicy chili sauces. And it's hard to describe, right? I mean, it's it's spicy, but not too spicy. You know, has this subtle hit of seasoning. It has like fried garlic in it. Um, it 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 is just okay. <laughs> Doesn't include five spice. Um, <laughs> no. Um, what it is? Just taking a step back. Um, it's a bunch of fried spices and it's packed in oil. And I first have been seeing it and reading about it for a number of years, and I finally decided to try it and. People who try this sauce who are obsessed with Long Gama are really obsessed with it. Like there's articles of people putting it on vanilla ice cream type of success. Really? Yes. Um, And you've actually had the sauce without knowing it because remember when I made those Cornish hens and I covered it with the spot, the sauce? 
Okay. Where it was kind of spicy and it had a hit of like fried onion and you really, really dug it. So I really, really dug it. Yes. Yeah, so I've used the sauce and like when I've roasted some chicken and Cornish hens and it was delicious. I've mixed it with pasta. I've added it actually yesterday or not yesterday. Yeah, yesterday. I had some leftover chorizo, chorizo um, bowls that I made for dinner one night this week. And I added the sauce to it and it just took it from, you know, just your basic chorizo bowl to next level good. Okay. <laughs> I have not tried it on ice cream yet, but I actually really want to try it. <laughs> Is it high in sodium? Um, yeah, well, actually not as much as you might expect. I, I don't remember the exact amount of it. And here's the thing, a little dab will do you. Like, I've actually been known to, like, sneak a spoon of it. That's what I realized that perhaps that I have like I have a, some... a la carte. <laughs> yeah. Just, I just, I'm just going to catch you with a spoon. <laughs> That's what I realized that, you know what, maybe I should choose this and tell other people about this. Because this stuff is the shit. It's really, really good. So... People didn't know about the sauce. Like I've read articles in like Taste Magazine and like Food 52 where people are just like, oh my God, my wife had to take this away from me. It is that good. <laughs> and it's incredibly versatile. So I've had it in rice over the last couple of weeks. I've added it to, like I said, cooking. Um I actually added some to a taco I made this afternoon that was really good, a fish taco. So there's just a number of ways that you can use the sauce. Best of all, it doesn't need refrigeration, so it kind of sits in its oils, and the longer it sits, the stronger it gets. And you can just leave it in your um, cabin or what have you. But yeah, um, I got mine off of Amazon. And don't don't get me wrong, you can actually, I, I found out when I started researching about this, that other companies make their own version. So Williams-Sonoma, I think, has a version of it that I've seen that went really, that's really popular. Um, but if you want the original and the best, then you want the Laon Gama and spicy um, chili crisp. And you can tell it because it comes in a big, it comes in a red jar and it has a picture of an old, um, older, I'm assuming it's a Chinese woman looking kind of pissed at you. <laughs> yeah, that makes me feel very confident. <laughs> no, you've had it and you really liked it and you didn't know that I added it to it. There are a lot of things so. you sneak in that I'm not sure I, <laughs> I knew I had. Did you not like the Cornish hands and how I hooked it up? And you've yes, been I asked, did. Okay. I did. But it was on the Cornish hands. That's how I flavored it. Seriously, it's that, and I added a little bit of vegeta, which that's another thing I'm obsessed with, vegeta seasoning. Seriously, if there's any advertising marketing collaboration I want, is I want a deal with vegeta. If you guys haven't had it, it's like an Eastern European seasoning blend <laughs> that I got accidentally from a store, like a spice store that was closing. And I use it for everything to the point where I was down to like my last spoonful of vegeta. And I told my husband, look, I'm going to make this for you, but it's not vegeta worthy. 
So I'm going to use something else to season it. Because <laughs> we had to preserve this rosetta. You know I'm that. Not, That's why we have two big cans of it now. <laughs> I'm not allowed to touch the vegetta. <laughs> yes, you are. No, I'm not. You've used the vegetta. I told you you can use it. The gourmet goober is in front <laughs> elbows. That's because you can't just pick it up at the grocery store. I think the first time I got it, I got it off of, what was it, Cosworld Market? I mean, it's not like a season you can pick up in the hood where we live, okay? You have to, like, go to Meyer or someplace else that carries it. It's usually in the international section. But if you find a can of it, guard it with your life. It's gold. <laughs> and I would put the Lao Ganma. I'm up there with like my second favorite international seasoning. The gourmet goober protects all of her spices <laughs> with elbows. He is being ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Says the person who literally just went on for the past five minutes about two random spices. Look, you're, you're happy that I seasoned the food though, right? Yes, I am happy that you seasoned the food. Okay. <laughs> So with that in mind, we want to thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Gourmet Goober Podcast. As always, Big Daddy, where can they find you? They can find me hiding out in the corner. <laughs> Not using the vegetta, right? Not using the vegetta in fear <laughs> for my life. He's being silly. I, I've never threatened him over the vegetta. Yet. <laughs> Now, ask her about cheddar biscuits and what happened with forks. Or the threat of forks. Cheddar biscuits are different. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm, my hands are completely, like, away from the mic. Away. So, social, dis oh, so, social, social distancing, yes. Social media, where you <laughs> Well, you can find me on social media, social distancing... <laughs> At Tiaula on Twitter, T O U T L A W. Once again, I hope I can spell. And on Instagram, at Tiaula, Josie Wells, like the movie. Well, you can always find me, JJ Outlaw, um, on Twitter at JJ Outlaw. You can always send, drop me a line at the Gourmet Goober, <laughs> the Gourmet Goober at gmail.com. I need some more. That coffee is killing you, isn't it? <laughs> I need some more coffee, Stat. Um, and then, of course, you can find me on Instagram at the Gourmet Goober. So we thank you so much for listening to our show. We totally look forward to you know catching you next time. And until then, um, happy eating. Happy eating. <laughs> <laughs>